This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we've got another big podcast for you today when it comes to the world of soccer. Beamer is... Are you levitating right now with how your soccer team is doing over there in the uh, hamlet of Manchester? Are you... Are you coming down off of cloud nine yet? Are you feeling good about how they're playing right now? I assume you've got to be up. You've got to be very up about how they're doing. You know what, man? I'm doing okay. All right. I'm doing just fine. Halfway through the season and the Red Devils of Manchester United are firmly back on their perch. I know that Sir Alex Ferguson said that, you know, when he took over the job, it was to knock Liverpool off of theirs. And right now, Bone, I know that they're all smiles over there, right? Obviously, Premier League champs from last year. Uh, but I got to say, I mean, it's a long way to go. We're halfway through the season, but, you know, all smiles over here because uh, I think you're starting to see this team now uh, live up to the potential that, that you thought maybe, I guess not really. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you're like, yeah, okay. You know, maybe fight for a Champions League spot with the business that they did and not really compete for much. But here we are halfway through the year and they're on top of the league. Obviously, Leicester and City and Liverpool uh, and everybody chasing them right now. But I just got to say, man, it's really fun, right? I mean, it's, you know, as a Manchester United fan, you've been down in the dumps for so long, haven't won a title since 2013. Uh, just kind of being back in contention for it. I think it really breeds kind of like new life into you uh, as a supporter of the team. So it's good. Again, not not looking for anybody out here who's listening to the show to feel bad for what has happened <laughs> to Manchester United uh, over the course of the last, you know, six or seven years. But uh, here they are. So it's uh, it's going to be a heck of a heck of a second uh, half of the season as we race towards the finish line in the Premier League. We have uh, we will talk about that a little bit more. We'll also talk about uh, the new people are calling him the new hope, but that's not how you pronounce his name. Matthew Hoppy, who is uh, storming the Bundesliga right now for the U.S. men's national team, will break down what we think he might be and and what he could mean. Also, Jordan Morris is on the move. It appears to Swansea. So. Uh, what does that mean for Seattle? What does that mean for him? Uh, we'll get into some of that. And some problemas for David Beckham. You hate to see it, except when you love to see it. So all that and more coming up on the show. Uh, but before we go any further, I do have one question for you, and then we'll get back into some Manchester United discussion. Do you or did you ever collect sports cards, Beamer? Are you, have you ever... Are you someone who does that at all? So, I, I mean, you know, growing up, my stepdad, God love him... Um, you know, he had all this collection bone of like baseball cards, you know, back mm-hmm. uh, back when that was a big thing. So, uh, you know, when I was younger, we would go to some of these card shows and everything. I remember going with him to like some hotel lobbies, you know. Yes. Uh, yes. Like that's a popular place rooms. for those. Yeah, exactly. Like where they had them all set up and going to the Nutter Center back in Dayton and, uh, you know, going to the, some of these things. Like, I mean, I was never really into it. I think I tried to get into it, but. You know, I, I had cards growing up, but it was never something like I really, really, I loved like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Like oh that yeah. Those growing up, but uh, you know, the sports cards, not, not necessarily so much, but 
I respect people who do it because I saw that our guy, Timmy Hall is getting really into it. Jack, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I just, um, it's, uh, it's not something I entirely got into, but for sure, like I've, I've been around enough to understand and appreciate it. Yeah. I sadly have, as I've, I've talked about before, how much money I've spent on like all the Columbus crew memorabilia since they won MLS cup. Cause I want to, you know, collect all of that and have it and cherish it forever. And one thing that I didn't think about until kind of a day or two after, then I realized I had to like vacuum up all this stuff was they probably have cards of like the Columbus crew. Right. And they probably have some cool stuff. And I wanted to go get some and have them from this season. And so I started looking on eBay for like trading cards, memorabilia and all that stuff. And buddy, I bit hard on that. I have, <laughs> I have had, I, so here's what I have staring at me right now that made me think of this. I have a Jossie Zardes autographed one of 25, like uh, some kind of pink parallel card. So it's like not the regular, it's like some extra thing. And it's like his autograph on it. He's in the U.S. national team uniform. It's embossed with a little stamp that tells you there's only 25 of these in the world. I found it on eBay for like $10. And I'm like, Great. why would I not have this for $10? It's a, I mean, I'm not a huge signature collector. I'm not a huge, like, I definitely am not working in this medium. I don't like chase down athletes and ask for their autographs. But for like 10 one of our former bosses. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yes, now that you mentioned it, exactly like that. Yes, one of our shameless former bosses who would, in fact, every time an athlete was in the building, would walk up and be like, hey, who did he play for? And then he would go back in his office and dig around and see if he had any memorabilia from that team. He wouldn't even know sometimes who the who the team was. But then if like he found well, out I he had memorabilia him. from the team, uh, I remember that guy. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> I do. I do too. Oh, man. No, so I don't chase autographs or things like that too often, but I don't know. I thought like, you know, an autograph card that's one of only 25 out there in the world. It's not, this is not a money play thing where I'm like saving this thinking. I know it's not going to be worth any more than that, right? Probably all these cards are at the top of their value because they're crew cards. But yeah, like I, I am, I'm like, I've bit hard on that. So what I'm telling you is, if you're on eBay and you're looking at one of those and suddenly it gets bit up a little bit and you're like, who is this a-hole that is like... That is degenerate. That it may very well be me bidding up on that card because I've, I've, I've bitten hard for it. But you know what, what I'm really proud of? And I found these... And these ones cost nothing. These were like a dollar. I found like Stern John and Brian right. McBride cards from like, you know, 20 years ago. And they're like perfectly preserved and they're a dollar. And it's like, well, why would I not have that? If I mean... If I'm going to collect some of these things, I might as well collect some of these players that I like from back in the day. So, yeah, but now now everything is like, you know whose card is really up in value? Last thing on this, and we'll move on. When it comes to the crew, Aiden Morris's cards, surprisingly expensive. I have bought a really? couple of it. Yeah, I bought one of his that was just a numbered card. It wasn't autographed or anything, but it's like his rookie card. It's already like 15 bucks. I was shocked. And of course, you know, when you have the game he had in MLS Cup, people are thinking big things for him in the future. But I just wanted to have, you know, one of these cards to have for, you know, posterity's sake. But yeah, Aiden Morris, kind of hot on the card market. I'm a little I mean, surprised he had a heck of an MLS final game, so I understand why. He's going to be a future superstar, Bone. That's right. Yeah. The the uh I, last I will I said last thing. This is the other last thing. If you are ever at a Target or a Walmart or any of those types of stores and you see a line of people standing like near where the gum is or where the like where the registers are and it's a bunch of dudes who look like me, 
or Beamer, just know those are guys waiting on a delivery of sports cards because that's what yeah, people exactly. do now. They are waiting for like the new Prism cards to be stocked and wow. then they will instantly clear it out. Like with you, if you are not there 10 minutes after they stock that, they will all be gone. It's it's I've never seen anything like all it. you're left ridiculous. is uh, left with is like magic cards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Your Pokemon like cards, by the way, cards. Charizard, Which, by the way, is something that I feel like I'd really like to get into. But again, going back to like RPG video games and like playing Doom and like all these things, I know that I would like Dungeons and Dragons and all this. I would get sucked down a wormhole so far bone that I would be unable to be like a responsible adult. Yeah, not I, anything like I would get so obsessed with it. That I tell myself, like, no, don't get into that world because mm -hmm. it's a trap and you will never come out of it. That's the problem. I because it, it is now something where I've decided to become a completionist on this, where it's like I must own every because there's not that many. There's probably like 15 or so different variants of cards for like all the crew players. Like Lucas Elrayon doesn't have an actual card from Tops this year, but he has him and Darlington Nagby have a duo insert card where they put both of them on they had like a card they made for some of the mls teams tops did that was like here's their two best players and so they rightfully so got they nailed that one with the crew but that's the only card he's on that and the team card so i'm like well i have to get the team card to get one that has lucas elrayon on it but there isn't just like a specific card for him so of course now it means next year's batch of cards i have to go get that because of course that's probably going to have a picture of him with you know something from mls cups so uh yeah anyway the, it's it's bad the complete the the you're right you can go down the wormhole because now we all have adult money and adult money is something different than when well, you're a little we all kid. know that i mean you have a lot oh, of adult, yeah. so. good lord <laughs> that's right all of us with the adult money exactly you even got a driveway two-car garage what's it like i'm not the one on the morning show i mean i'm just doing the piddly old <laughs> afternoon show here i mean you're you're the one living high on the hog now you got the biggest gig on the station i'm just doing the afternoons i like a, i'm in a closet basically they just threw us in there like sure, get, here, get over <laughs> all right let's let's talk about the guys who actually have some real adult money that would be uh well any pro soccer player but especially if you're playing for manchester united uh, let's talk Paul, Paul Pogba for a second because mm -hmm. the roller coaster you've been on with that guy has been, uh, you know, tremendous player. We've obviously seen what he could do with France. Uh, his time in Manchester United has been very up and down, not because he's not talented, but because there's always a question of, is he wanting out? And then does that affect his play on the field? Different managers, of course, Jose Mourinho famously among them who have not been able to get the most out of him. So now, I mean, that that goal he had the uh, against Fulham the other day was just what that's that's oh, why that's why he's here, you know, like like that's what you brought him in to do, and not just that he's so much more. But how are you feeling now about the Paul Pogba experience, and are you thinking that that ride will continue ascending as the season goes on? Well, here's the thing, and I remember going back to you know when we did this show when we were actually back in the studio recording this bone. I mean. You know, going back and seeing the performance of Bruno Fernandes, which you could argue is, I mean, the most influential signing, you know, God knows when's in the Premier of course. League. The yeah. way that that guy's been playing. Uh, I remember doing a show and, you know, asking myself and asking you, like, do you think this is going to be something where he has this kind of midfield pairing with Bruno and this link-up style of play that Paul Pogba is going to find himself not wanting out of Manchester United because his form's going to round into shape. 
and he's going to be able to play through Bruno a lot more. And I think what you're seeing with Paul, and you know, I was it was interesting yesterday, uh, kind of watching the post game show and hearing Rebecca Lowe talk about it. Um, you know, on NBC Sports Network, and you know, Mino Raiola is still out there, the agent to the stars, right? And he's out there, and he's still saying that Paul Pogba wants out of Manchester United. So you go out here. And you look at what's happening, you know, with the player in Paul Pogba. And right now, I mean, you could argue that he's in his best run of form since joining the club, since rejoining the club, I guess, uh, after he left for Juventus uh, and even up to that day. So it all becomes, you know, what does Paul Pogba want to do? At the end of the day, does he want to move on? Is he still telling Mino Raiola that he wants to move on to a different situation? Or do you want to stay and become possibly, you know, a legend at the club? And, I think when the Paul Pogba was signed, there were certainly high expectations for the man. I mean, just coming off of, you know, everything that he had done in Juventus and with France, and you're seeing the world record breaking fee of him coming in and all these different things. And so, you know, it all comes down to the end of the day, what does he want to do? And certainly I think his form plays into it. And I think the players around him and buying into Ole's system plays into it. But for me, you know, you continue to play this way, it's kind of a, you know, a symbiotic relationship. If you still want out, then okay. You know, maybe we can find something for you here in the summer for you to leave. But while you're still here and you are still wearing, you know, the color red and you are still, you know, representing that badge every time you go out and play, help us win, become the player, help us get some return on your investment to show the world that you are still the same player that you were with France and at Juventus. And so, I just I look at this situation and have has your intents changed because he looks like a player now, a real player for Manchester United. That's go out. He's going out there and he's commanding a game Mm -hmm. and he's starting to become that player who you thought he was going to be initially on the re-signing of him from Juve. And so, you know, can the the rest of the season, can that kind of turn him into something else? and maybe switch his course where he wants to say to Manchester United, sure can. You're at top of the table halfway through the season. You've done your job. You've had two game winners in the last two. You could have had a game winner against Liverpool last week. Uh, unfortunately for him, Allison made a great save uh, on him, or else it would have been three and three. I mean, his form right now is just flying. And so it all comes down at the end of the day. What do you want to do? Do you want to be at Manchester United? Do you want to go somewhere else? But certainly I would have to think that the form of himself and the form of the team, 13 unbeaten right now in the Premier League, is going to help him in that decision whether or not he wants to stay or leave. Yeah, I do think either way, even if he does say, well, I'd like to move on after this year, that in te- the the where you are right now, I mean, there's there's you're sniffing out a chance at a championship, right? I mean, you're sniffing out a Premier League title, and I would think that that is a great motivator just to say we're in it now even if I am not happy with things here or if I'm ready to move on and go somewhere else, there's nothing saying that you can't still go out and win a championship and then also make your move in the summer. Like, why not have both? So, I, yeah, I think I think that Manchester United is a Champions League team if Paul Pogba is not fully engaged and not fully locked in. Like you said, Bruno Fernandez is one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why they've improved so much over the last few years. But if you have a locked-in, 100% ready-to-go Paul Pogba, yeah. that's what could make you a champion. He's one of the world's best players, Bone. I mean, of when course. it comes to best tax, when he is playing the way he's playing right now and demanding 
excellence from his teammates, and he goes to that other gear. I mean, really, you look back at his time at Manchester United, shocking that you haven't gotten it out of him already. I don't know if that's management, playing in the wrong system, him not being there mentally, physically. I know he's had a couple of problems, but you're seeing it right now. When he is at his best, he is undoubtedly one of the best players in the world. Yeah. So, of course, he'll pick up an injury here in about two weeks or so. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's you don't want that to happen, obviously. I'm just it seems like as soon as a player starts playing, especially with the ups and downs he's had, it just feels like that's what's coming next at some point, just because you need you need the drama. Right. And of course, it's a it's a tough title battle right now. Obviously, Manchester it's United. It's a great title battle. It is, man. It is, yes. For the last couple of years, I know we had Liverpool and City a couple of years ago. That was great. Like right now, you've got, I mean, a litany of teams who are in the mm-hmm. hunt. And it is amazing. Like yeah. if you're a casual fan and you just drop in and maybe you don't have, you know, any support one way or another and you just like to watch the game and you don't have an allegiance to a Premier League team, like this is all you could ask for because every game this season is of dire importance. It is. Uh, it's That's why you have to buy the Peacock, Beamer. Here's our yeah. ad for Peacock. No, just Get kidding. the cock. <laughs> Got to get there. Got to get it. Now, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it's a fun title battle that we're – that's the nice thing about the next few months is, uh, you know, hopefully everything with COVID, I, you have to preface it with that because it's still – you know, you've seen some games postponed and there's been a little issue with that. Hopefully they can keep that down and they can continue to get these games in because, yeah, the second half of the season is lining up to be flawless down the road here, even regardless of your Manchester United fandom. This is this is going to be it feels like a really solid three to four way title battle here uh, with with at least four teams having a shot at it. So uh, but certainly three. So, yeah, with Leicester and City and United like this is this is getting good. And Chelsea, if they can figure their issues out what do they have like seven points out of the last eight matches i think oh, it's horrible i watched yeah. the game against lester the other day what are you close to who is the better team I no mean, no up. no that's why i say it's not really a three team or it's not really a four team race right now but were they to like click in and suddenly be back to what they are they're not that far behind they could still obviously make this very interesting but yeah they are as far as form goes they're nowhere close to the top three right now but as far as points they're not that far behind so yeah, they're still in it. We'll keep an eye on that, but it is uh, certainly exciting to watch, and that's why we love the Premier League, man. Like when you get a year like this, it's not just one dominant team. It does make those battles very interesting, and relegation battles going to be fun too. So yeah, it's all shaping up to be really, really good. Now uh, let's talk about another guy who is in very good form, uh, and this is someone who has a lot of impact possibly for the U.S. men's national team. His name is Matthew Hoppy, although everybody, it's H-O-P-P-E, a lot of people. Just like how I like my beer. Huh? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is is he an American pale ale? What are we, like, what are we calling him? A tall drink of water? Because here's the thing. He is six foot three, and he's scoring goals left and right. Uh, he Woo. is the first American player to score a hat trick in the Bundesliga. He did that in only his fifth game for his club, Schalke, which he made his professional debut for on November 28th of 2020. So like not even three months ago, he made his professional debut, played in five matches. Obviously they have the huge break in between, you know, like that's, they just got back from the Bundesliga break. January 9th, he scored a hat trick, first senior goals. That was against Hoffenheim. And in that game, Schalke, and I knew they were bad. Beamer, I don't know if we realized they were this bad. They had a 30 game winless streak. In the Bundesliga. 30. That's disgusting. 30 game winless streak. 
Uh, they broke that with that huge win over uh, Hoffenheim for nothing. Not like they've been very good since, but he has been good in their last two games. He has scored a goal again. So now he has got three. Or he's got five goals in three games, scored in three in a row. One of only a few American players to have ever pulled that off to score in three straight games. So now Schalke has become like must-see TV, which I know a lot of U.S. men's national team fans spent plenty of time watching Weston McKinney in that same uniform. Uh, now obviously moved on with Juventus, and he won a trophy the other day uh, in I forget which, which if that was the Italian Super whatever they what, I think it, was it was the Super Copa. Yeah, right? that's right. It was Super Copa. I think you're right. So they hoisted their first trophy. Good for Weston McKinney. Anyway. So back to Matthew Hoppy. I don't know if this guy is going to be on like this for like all time going forward. But one of the biggest problems for the U.S. men's national team over its complete history has been, but especially the last few years, is not having that guy up top that you can say, there's someone who can go get you goals when everything else is not working. They have no problem finding guys who can play on the wings. You have tons of fullbacks who like to get up and mix it up and and get into the action defensive midfielders we can make those all day everything else is kind of started to come into focus for the u.s national team but finding that forward that can just get you goals that's been a question right so now you add him to some of the other names that are out there if he can continue progressing like this i mean my goodness he was born in 2001 he's going to turn 20 years old on march 13th so he is not an old guy. I mean, pride of Yorba Linda, California, and he he actually came up through the Barca Residency Academy in Arizona. So this is one of those where they put those academies over here to identify talent. That's where he kind of cut his teeth. This is this is great for U.S. soccer if this guy can continue to play like this. So keep an eye on Matthew Hoppy. The uh, I'm just excited. You know, we're we're here, Bone, and it's finally gotten to a point and. You know, growing up and watching the game, like, of course, that, you know, you would have Brian McBride over in England and you would have Clint Dempsey and Tim Howard and Landon Donovan and, you know, all these different guys. And it was almost as they were treated, you know, and I know they, they did a great job, but it was almost as they were treated as a novelty. Like, oh, look, come watch the American, like, you know, take on, you know, world powers. But like you're starting to see it at such a high rate now. The only thing you can think to yourself as a U.S. men's national team fan is that how much you have progressed in the last decade, what your game has been. Credit to all the academies out there uh, that are across the country. I know the crew does a great job locally here. Uh, we just saw, you know, Aiden Morris, who you were talking about, his cards going through the roof. Like, that's a homegrown homegrown player, and, you know, sky's the limit for him. We'll see where he goes, obviously. Um, but it's just – it's so damn cool to see it. Like, every game – not every game, but – you know, a lot of the games that you're turning on now and these big high-profile European European games, you're getting to watch an American play. And it's not just one or two guys who are over there, you know, maybe coming off the bench. Like, you're talking about guys who are going to be potential stars in the making playing for your team. And the best part about it, at least for me, T-Bone, is that they're all young. They all have that mentality of a world beater. And so you get them into a camp and I know that we got the world cup coming up here you know, next year, which is amazing. Oh you know, yeah. Next winter over in Qatar um, that it's finally starting to, to come to fruition for the U S men's national team. Now, obviously they're going to have a lot to, a lot of work to do to be able to c- connect and link up on the field, but you're starting to see now at a good high rate, 
uh, a good clip that these young Americans are going over to Europe and they're performing. And I really did. I feel like me, Jurgen Klinsmann, Jurgen Klinsmann died so we could have nice things. Like this is it. This is what he was talking about. Go over to Europe and play. All right. Like go over there. And we're starting to see that right now. And it makes you so happy. Like it makes you really, really proud of like what's happening with U S soccer, especially coming off of the embarrassment that was the, you know, the 2018 world cup cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I totally agree with you. And you know, it's something that the, like for a guy like Matthew Hoppy, like we, I don't think, I mean, he was on people's radars, obviously, anytime you have an American player who goes to the Bundesliga, that's going to be noted. It's, you know, there's, there's tons of Twitter accounts out there that, that do that, you know, Americans abroad and things like that. They, they keep track of all these players that are kind of in the pipeline and hovering around, but he was he was certainly not I think nearly as anticipated as like Christian Pulisic or Gio Reyna or some of these sure. other guys that have, you know Weston McKinney and Serginio uh, Dest yeah Tyler Adams like there we can go on and on but like there's all these other guys that have kind of been Julian noted Green. right well see right there you go like we've a lot of guys have had hype too and then never really turned it out never really become what we had hoped they would you know see the the Freddie Adus of the world so. For this guy, now you're right to the point that there's so many of these guys that are over in Europe kind of finding their way. You can have surprises like this where suddenly you say, wow, this, all right, this guy just made his debut and he's, he's flying right now. My question becomes, is he a Jeremy Lin? You know, like, is this something where it's going to be a cool little run and then he kind of fades back and is just a, a, you know, borderline replacement level player? Or is, is this a sign that, they are finding yet another, you know, star in the making. I don't know the answer on that. I think it's hard to know that answer, honestly, at this point in his career. But in the meantime, it's it's fun to watch. And like I said, he's 6'3". That might tempt you into thinking, oh, so he's like going up and getting corners and just, you know, banging in headers left and right. Uh, no, actually, I mean, you see some of the goals he scored. He scored a beautiful chip. Uh, he had one where he nutmegged a keeper. He had one where the one he scored this week, the most recent goal, was just a bunch of you know chaos in front of the goal, and he just pounced on the ball and knocked it in. Like there, there's a there's a nose for goal there that is not it. It's not just he's a big guy getting excellent service, and he just finds his way on the end of some headers. Like he can make plays. He's he's fun to watch. So Matthew Hoppy, the American Pale Ale. I don't know if that's what we should call him or not, but I sure. for now we'll go with it. But. Yeah, your beer-related uh, names for the hop, the hopmeister. We'll continue to <laughs> let those foment, and and we'll find better ones hopefully. But yeah, I'll be I'll be tuning into his games whenever I get a chance to because uh, I want to see how yeah, he does. Yeah, tweet us if you have a, a better nickname at Bone Beam United for yeah. uh, Matthew Hoppy than the American Pale Ale. I don't know. I think that's uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty strong right there. All right, well we'll keep I an eye. We'll, yeah. We'll we'll see what we do. And in fact, I may have to go buy some American Pale Ale just so the next time I watch a Schalke game, I can toast the American Pale Ale. We'll see. Uh, another guy that has been now linked to a move and is happening apparently is Jordan Morris. Another again, another guy who plays forward and on the wing for the U.S. national team and who has a lot of promise. But he's a bit older. He's twenty six on his on his way to Swansea. Uh, he famously spurned an offer from Werder Bremen back in twenty fifteen before signing with Seattle. And a, and a lot of the national team fans have kind of knocked him for not going to Europe and trying it. And in Seattle, he's scored 42 goals in 129 matches. I wonder, he's going to Swansea on a six-month loan. 
And I wonder if he will stay with Swansea after that's over. Now, it's a good option for him because Swansea is in, uh, if you've not been paying attention, they're in the championship. They're in the second division in England. So they are currently sitting second in the championship and are in a prime spot to get promoted. Still a lot of soccer left to play. Anything can happen. But clearly they believe they got a chance to get promoted. And they're bringing in Jordan Morris, it seems, to help with that. Right? I mean, that that's a positive sign for him. But also... It's not a move to the Bundesliga. It's not a move to Italy, and it's certainly not a Premier League move yet. Do you think maybe he should have held out for a bigger move, or is this? do you think this is a good move for him to go try to go up to the Premier League that way and just get promoted and then kind of stick with the team after that? I think it would be such culture shock to go over there after being you know playing here your entire career. And yeah. so you know, do you want to get baptized in fire of the Premier League? Because we've seen – a whole litany of players from across the world bone tried their hand in that league. And we know it's so tough. That's why we love it. Right. I mean, it's so competitive. I remember, you know, back in the day, uh, I mean, I don't even remember who it was, you know, player for Manchester United came in, played 90 minutes in the opening match against Everton in the season opener. Like that's the toughest, toughest soccer I've ever played in my life. So we know it's different. I think it's a good way to get your foot in the door, right? I think it's a good way to get your foot kind of, you know, ingratiated with the English style of soccer. And listen, I mean, the championship's a heck of a league as well. I mean, we know that. It's highly competitive. And so for you to go over there and get a taste of it, I do think it'll be, you know, it's good It's good wading into the waters. Because, I mean, we know, you know, with these payrolls, T-Bone, and with, you know, the, the, the fees that come along now with transfers, even though, I mean, it would be nothing for, you know, a Premier League team to bring him in in the grand scheme of things with their kind of paybooks – um, you're expected to be great whenever you join a team. You know, there's no really time to to sit around and not produce or else questions are going to be starting starting to be asked. And I don't – has he ever experienced that in his life? I don't know. You know, that would be a different, whole different kind of pressure. So I think, you know, in a less volatile environment, going to the championship, I think that's a good move for him. But also, like, the cynic in me looks at what's happening with the MLSPA and the owners and the CBA mm, agreement. Yeah. And maybe saying, you know, I don't know if there's going to be a season here next year. So I'm going to move over to England and see what happens because I'm not sure this has the potential to get ugly. So I think it's kind of a dual-edged sword right there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really solid point there. And I, I do think that is worth bringing up because he certainly could have that on his mind, right? He, he absolutely could be, uh, you know, thinking about all that and thinking about it's now or never I'm getting an opportunity to go play in Europe this seems like a really good fit and I can go play right away um he he scored this year in 18 well 22 games he was in he scored 10 goals and had eight assists here's what I am here's what yeah yeah he was he was a very good player in MLS right and obviously he's been that type of player pretty much throughout his career um here's my thing I want to see from him I hope he goes to Swansea and absolutely lights it up. I hope he goes there and is like their best goal scorer, changes everything with how they're playing, and they just suddenly are like, oh my God, this is the missing piece, and they just run to a championship, uh, championship, (laughs) and they win that league, and they are no doubt into the promotion for next year, and then he gets to stay on with the club. Because think about what that might do for MLS, right, where – now a championship level team brings in a good MLS player, one of the better MLS players, certainly, you know, probably one of the top five, top six forwards in the league. 
and they bring him in and then he helps not just make them continue them to be good, but propels them to something even better than they were. That I think has, you know, a, that should mean something, right? Where we're trying to figure out where does MLS rank in the world where, you know, he's a decent goal scorer in this league. He's obviously been a really good piece for a great Seattle team over these championship years they've had. If he goes to championship in England and is able to just ball out, I think that will help again prove MLS is not as far behind as, you know, it is monetarily. Obviously, the budgets are still small, but the they're finding good competitors that, that are honing guys into great players. The downside is if he goes over there and can't get off the bench and is, you know, exactly. not playing, that's going to be a, you know, detriment the other way. So as an MLS fan myself, I have usually kind of been skeptical of Jordan Morris. I think sometimes the hype for him is more about he's an American homegrown talent and everybody wants to see him succeed. He's kind of a sympathetic figure in some ways. He's a relatable guy because he like has a, you know, he has a dog and he loves his dog and who doesn't love dogs. Like that was a big storyline with him in his career. So I have, I've always just kind of spurned that a little bit. Cause I feel like there are, I don't feel like, I feel like Jossie's artist doesn't get the love that Jordan Morris gets. And I think they're both very similar players in the sense of like their production rates. So I don't really like the fact that Jordan Morris gets all the hype, but now that he's going over there. I hope he's great. I hope he does phenomenal. And I'd be saying the same thing if like Jossie was going over there I, or whoever I, I want to see the star players from MLS go to other leagues and be as good as they can be. And never forget like Landon Donovan, who is far better than any of the players we were just talking about, arguably the best player that the U S has ever produced. Landon Donovan went to Everton on loans and would do the, that exact thing. He would go over there drop in and be their best player for like the second yeah. half of the season or one of their two or three best players. And then at the end of it, he'd be like, all right, I'm dipping back to MLS. See you later. And they'd get, they'd be like, please no stay. And he's like, no, nice. I just, yeah, I came over here to try it out. I did it. And uh, yeah, but I like, I like playing in MLS and maybe Jordan Morris will do that too. Maybe after everything gets worked out with the CBA, he'll help them get promoted and he'll say, yeah, it's cool. I did Europe. I'm good. I'm going back over here now. I don't know. And that's the thing, right? I mean, that's, I, I would imagine you know, at the core of yourself, like we can be realistic here on this show. MLS, it's not, it's, it's not the Premier League. Okay, no, not, of course not. Not breaking news, right there. It doesn't have to be, and don't try to be. But at the same time, a player of Jordan Morris's caliber that he did, you know, what he has done for the league, what he has done for himself, I feel like you would be doing a disservice to yourself if you had the opportunity to go over there and you never took it, yes. just to find out what it's like. Can I do this? And I think that personal self-belief inside of you is the reason why at the end of the day, he's doing this. Can I, can I, can I succeed? Am I having my fears? Am I having my doubts? Sure. I imagine that goes along with it. Different culture, different expectations, a whole different microscope that you're under, but can I succeed at this level? And so I think it's a really good opportunity for him, man. I hope, I hope, like you said, you know, that he succeeds, he comes in there uh, and he helps them get promoted because right now they're in second right behind Norwich on 46 points. But for sure, that would be huge for him. Yeah. And I and I know that a lot of these last thing on this for me is that I, I know there are a lot of NFL fans who watch college football because they just love football and because they watch any football they can find. And they have some affiliation like a lot of us do with a particular team, obviously, like Ohio State. You know, I'm an Ohio State fan first. And then, you know, I also like watching college football for the NFL side of it. But there are a lot of college football fans who only watch because they want to see how their team will be affected. Like there were Jacksonville Jags fans who were watching more Clemson football than probably their own team. You know what I mean? Because sure. 
because they're waiting, you know, and before that, the Jets, like the Jets fans are in the same boat, right? They were all doing the same thing. And I guarantee you there are a lot of Jets fans who only watch college football because they want to see who their team should get. I don't think that's a problem if that's who MLS becomes. You know, if if you can get European viewers to tune in because they know there's quality in this league and some of the young players are going to eventually go over there. The pipeline that we've established now for U.S. soccer players seems to be you you play really well as you're an under 17 or under 18 player, and then you get picked up by one of these academies. You go over there, you live, you change your whole life, you do the Pulisic, you do the Gio Reyna thing, and that's who you become. But there is also a pathway where the Jordan Morris's could exist too, you know, where he played college soccer, he's kind of turned himself into a, you know, star player in MLS, and then you can go over to Europe and still have success. And I think that is also something that uh, would be good if he if he can go be successful and and wash away, you know, I don't know, was Josie a failure? I feel like he was kind of a failure in the Premier League. I mean, you know, he played with Hull and he played with uh, success. I don't think. Yeah, he played with Sunderland. So yeah, I mean, he. I don't think I don't I don't think he was a success. I think he had a, a he had a nice start and then it never really became something. So I'd like to see more players go over and rewrite that narrative. Let's hope that Jordan Morris is one of them that can. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Some problems for David Beckham and uh, his soccer team. That's coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. So. Uh, we mentioned there are some problems, and you 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 said we were talking about MLS in the last break. We mentioned problems for David Beckham. You had a statement where you said you don't have to be the Premier League, right? Yeah. Like we we're talking about how MLS shouldn't necessarily be trying to make people think they're the best league in the world, and that's okay. But I do think one thing Major League Soccer has a huge problem with is that they want people to think that they are a European-based league to the sure. point that they name so many teams after the European way of naming teams, you know, with everybody is in their brother becoming an FC, you know, like there's, there's that. And then you've got like sporting Kansas city and real salt Lake. And I think that's dumb, but perhaps the dumbest one that they've come to is inter Miami CF, which is what the Miami soccer team is called. That is David Beckham's MLS team. Uh, It has, uh, I don't know. I just thought from the their logo is sick. I love the flamingos. Their color or, scheme is wonderful. Their name is stupid. Yeah. Is it a flamingo or whatever? I don't care. It's a bird. It's a nice bird. I like the pink. I like the black. It's a it's all that's great. It's just I don't know why you can't just be Miami. Like come up with some other name. You don't have to you don't have to do everything the way Europe does. And I love European soccer, but I love it in part because it's genuine. And I don't think Inter-Miami CF sounds very genuine. So the problem for them is they have a legal battle going on with Inter-Milan. Go yeah, figure. Shocking. Go figure. Inter-Milan says, it's hey. The only other Inter that I know of. Yes. When you say the word Inter, no one is like, I'm sorry, which Inter are you referring to? No, it's everyone knows you're talking about Inter-Milan. Yeah. FC Internazionale Milano. That's their full official name. So, like, again, you're not even you. Like, if their club name, if the Inter Miami team name was Internazionale Miami, it's like, all right, that's still weird, but I guess you're allowed to use other words from other languages to describe that's yourself. Italian. Right. You're in the Hispanic capital of America. <laughs> but the fact is, they didn't even. 
what I'm saying is it's not like they even they took the abbreviation, right? Like <laughs> they didn't even take the full word. They took the abbreviation. Inter's name is not Inter. Like we call it Inter for shorthand. It's FC Internazionale. Milano. I don't know why we anyway so enter miami full of no ideas co-owned by david beckham was sued by well not sued really i guess they they enter miami or enter milan filed a trademark application with u.s patent and trademark office and Amazing. so they have said that's our name you can't use it well mls applied for its own trademark with inter miami and filed an opposition to inter milan's trademark efforts so because mls is structured a single entity not a league with franchises. The league has filed all of this on Inter Miami's behalf, but still know that it is Inter Miami at the heart of this. Uh, anyway, they they did not get that ruling the way they wanted to. Um, so the pushback became that the trademark dispute has now basically been said that Inter Miami is is not correct in saying that this causes no confusion. Basically, they're saying. Yeah, Inter Milan has a point here. You're causing confusion. And this is so this has been a setback for them in the sense that the trademark dispute is basically not being settled and it is not something that a US court said, "Oh yeah, you're right Inter Miami. Good job. This is okay. Inter Milan is stupid." No, they've said Inter Milan has a point and they need to continue to look into it. So this is going to continue to be an issue for them. Why in the world if you own a business would you want to keep going through with this? There's, they need to change their name. It doesn't make any sense that they're trying to go through with this. To me, at least. Does it make sense to you, Beamer? I just, that's what I keep going back to. Like, you're Miami. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. What does that have a reflection of your city at all? And that's I, where I think we're getting so whitewashed and bogged down with this. It's like, how boring, you know, I mean, are the names now that you're coming up with in MLS? Like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't reflect upon your city and I don't know. It's just, it's very dumb. Like we're out thinking ourselves, we're trying to be the smartest people in the room, but at the same time, all you're trying to do is just, I don't mean, I don't even know what you're trying to do bone, but at the same time, like I look at this and I say, all right, very dumb. It's a very yeah. dumb game. I hope you could put out a competitive field. Your logo is sick, but I don't get it. I mean, yeah, now, I you and me, we're not going to get confused whenever you say Inter. Like, Inter Milan. Okay. Is it Inter or is it Inter <laughs> there's Miami? There's no, yes. There's the no chance if someone says Inter, I'll be like, Inter Miami? That's yeah. like when people say yeah. Columbus and it's like, did you mean Columbus, Indiana? It's like, no, I mean Columbus. I mean the state capital of one of the states. That's who I mean. If you're going to say Columbus, Georgia, then say Georgia. You don't have to say Columbus, Ohio. Anyway, we know what Columbus is. We know what Inter is. Inter Miami will never be confused for Inter Milan when you say only Inter. But I get from a trademark standpoint why they're yeah, trying to. That's a big deal. They uh, they quoted in an ESPN article I was reading about this uh, South Florida business attorney named David Winker, who was talking about you know how this could work, and he said Inter Milan would likely be successful in any type of legal action if they wanted to stop Inter Miami from using the name. Right now, all that's at issue is who should own the trademark in the U.S. for it? And is it causing confusion? And right now, the trademark office is saying, yeah, it does cause confusion, so we have to look into this further. But he said if they eventually say Inter Milan owns the rights to Inter in the U.S. trademark system, then Inter could sue Inter Miami and say, you're using our trademark and you're causing confusion, and that could force them to change the name. And his point was, this lawyer, he said, think about it, Apple is just a fruit. 
but it's become associated with Apple Incorporated, a technology company. He said, Apple can stop me from opening a computer store called Apple Miami. Like, even though an Apple is not trademarked, the term Apple when it comes to technology and in that business, if you open Apple Miami, they're going to say, well, wait, you're not you're not Apple, though, like that. That is going to cause market confusion. And they're saying we're in soccer. We're known as Inter. And you're now trying to market your own team and make them a big deal. And you're using a term that we use. And that's this is messy. This is messy and stupid. And I don't know why they want to mess. Why would you pick something? That's like starting up a television network and saying we're going to call it MTV V <laughs> like, like no one will be confused by that. It's like, no, actually yeah, MTV is a thing. Uh, yeah. A broadcast company that only broadcasts in Minnesota. Like, right. We're, we're Minnesota television. We're MTV. What's the problem? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing for Inter Milan or Inter. See, there you go. <laughs> right. Even, it's stuff to keep it straight. I'm, literally it's inception. It's, it's, it's inter inter interception. I don't You know yeah. what? I, this has broken my brain. I, you know what? I'm, I'm with you. We've made it. How many episodes is this? 71? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is brain, episode 71. Brain, brain broken. Brain busted <laughs> bone. Like, um, all right. I got it. And maybe, you know what? Maybe it might be a good thing if Inter Miami actually loses this lawsuit and then they would have to change their dumb name. Let me give my, let me give Inter Miami a tip. Okay. David Beckham should instantly change this name to South. If you want to keep an FC thing, fine. Let's call it South Beach FC. And then, and then your logo is perfect, right? Your color scheme is flawless and everything can be, you know, Miami vice level, like throwback stuff. You can have anything you want. You like, if you are South beach FC, no one in the world is going to confuse where you are. They're all going to know you're in Miami. You get to use all the cool imagery that you're already using and it's unique and awesome. South beach FC is badass. I love that. Like, why are you trying to market Miami so hard? As it is, the city of Miami has been a little tough for them to work with to find a stadium. So why are you trying to do it? Just call yourself South Beach and say, you know where that is. That's that's where that's kind of where we are. We're we're around there. Like I would fully embrace that and stop trying to like, I don't know, get people to be like inter Milan. Oh, it's inter Miami. Well, I'll watch anyway. No, like that's not going to ever work. So. They're dumb. I hope they lose, and I hope they have to pay a bunch of money because MLS is stupid when it comes to things like this. Stop trying to be the same as everyone else in the world. Try to be unique and develop your own identity, like the Montreal Impact. What a great, <laughs> what a great yeah, name that is. Oh wait, they Club just foot Montreal. Uh, they right, just man. changed that too because everyone has to be Montreal FC. Oh mm-hmm. Lord! All right, that's it for us today, Beamer. Thanks again. Officially broke me, Bone. Like I know it's inter episodes, and like I didn't think that talking about inner inner Miami would officially break me on this show, <laughs> and I'm surprised I made it this long. But that's what that's what happened. I'm sorry when you say uh, inter. I'm not sure which team we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. If we could, uh, exactly. if we could, I really <laughs> think you must be talking about Miami because that's what mm-hmm. I think of when I think of inter. <sighs> this is all dumb, and it all sucks. But we'll be back next week with hopefully things that won't suck. And who knows? Maybe uh, Manchester United will, by that point, just have gone on to another level of soccer greatness and Beamer will have his brain further broken. You're damn right they will, Bone. I'm all (laughs) back in now. We'll find out then. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the FA Cup stuff this weekend, and we will talk next week right here on Bone and Beam United.